I need to do a couple clarification, notes of clarification. A couple days ago, I put out a video, and it's been viewed like 6,000 times as of this recording. And I need to clarify a few things that I said and really refocus the conversation on where it needs to be. So I told you about this pastoral minister situation at a parish in uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Eau Claire. This is the same diocese Bishop Callahan presides over, La Crosse, Wisconsin. Bishop Callahan, of course, we know is, uh, well, he's the bishop in charge of Father Altman. And uh, if you do this side-by-side here, and what I was attempting to do the other night was do a side-by-side where you have a good priest like Father Altman who speaks the truth, and he gets silenced. And then you have pastoral ministers uh, like this woman who is in all likelihood a very nice, good, wonderful person, but she is in active ministry. This is the side-by-side that I want to focus on, and I told a story on the live stream the other night about how I had seen a pastoral minister like this. And I was describing it in funny terms. The truth of the matter is, I don't know Mrs. Marshall at all. Some of her friends have reached out and told me some things about her, which I don't think she wants me to reveal publicly, but they all point to the fact that she's a good, faithful, practicing Catholic. And I need to make that clarification because this conversation is not about Seal Marshall. This is about Bishop Callahan. This is about a diocese in which a good and faithful priest like Father Altman comes under pressure. Meanwhile, you have lay ministers like Mrs. Marshall, who has lots of children, lots of grandchildren, is faithful, has lots of friends, lots of friends who reached out, and I'm glad they did. And thank you for reaching out, and thank you for uh, helping me clarify this story, because the truth of the matter is, is that guys like Bishop Callahan need to be asked questions. But ladies and gentlemen, let's just be clear about this. The intentions alone do not make a moral act good, integrally good. When you look at the integral good of, and this this is moral theology 101, you have to have three things that you examine for any action, whether or not it is integrally good. First of all, the, the action itself has an inherent good or bad or neutral quality to it. So, for example, bringing the Eucharist to someone, that's probably morally a good thing to do. Then you look at intentions and you look at circumstances, right? So, obviously, Mrs. Marshall has the best of intentions in doing this. She drives the Eucharist around. She takes the Eucharist in her hands. She probably walks up to the tabernacle. Hopefully, she doesn't do it in the middle of Mass. I know some pastoral ministers actually do that. I was recently just talking with Mr. Producer, who's sitting off camera, and he was telling me about how a lay minister would actually do that during the Mass. Like, totally oblivious to the fact that the priest is giving a homily, and you have one of these lay ministers 
one of these pastoral ministers just trotting up to the altar, trotting up to the tabernacle, grabbing our Lord in grubby, lay, unconsecrated hands, and uh, taking our Lord out to wherever our Lord needs to go. I'm not saying that Mrs. Marshall does that. She probably doesn't do that during Mass. She probably does it in a, in a reverent way, or at least she thinks she does it in a reverent way. But we need to be honest about the fact that, okay, you have the object, you have the intention, and then you have the circumstance. And the circumstance is that a lay person should not be handling our Lord. A lay person should not be transporting our Lord. What is the priest doing? So the questions that we need to be asking ourselves are, why... Why does this parish need to have Mrs. Marshall on staff? Why is she so busy? In 2021, why is she so busy? When we have all the technology, we can schedule ourselves, we can map ourselves, we can even route ourselves, ways ourselves around traffic. We can save time. We can, we can be very efficient. Why is she necessary? Why is she necessary in a diocese in which a man like Father Altman gets sacked. He gets the boot. He gets the boot. And that's the heart of the question. So, look, an action, just because you have good intentions, just to wrap it up on Mrs. Marshall before we move the conversation forward, an action is not good just because you have the right intention. That's, that, that doesn't make the, an action good, okay? Um, if, if, if I feed my body some nutrients... And I have the intention of of uh, replenishing my energy so that I can carry on the struggle, the fight, the salvation for my own soul and those of my children. That's a good intention. But if I'm munching on uh, some Doritos and opening a bag like in a movie theater while other people are, are around, there are circumstances to consider. If I'm eating the body parts of another human being, there's the object, the actual object to consider, right? So you have to have all three things, the object, the circumstances, and the intentions in order for an action to be integrally good. It surely is a good thing that people receive our Lord, especially on deathbed, on, uh, who, who are sick, who are elderly, who are infirmed, who can't move, who, who, are, who can't uh, transport themselves to Mass, it's a wonderful thing that they can receive our Lord. That in itself is a good thing. The fact that this diocese, which is suspending priests, is saying, oh, well, we have a priest shortage. We have a priest shortage, so we're going to suspend Father Altman. That's what this conversation is about. The conversation is about, hey, Bishop Callahan, you suspended Father James Altman or you're attacking, I don't know if he's actually suspended. You've, you've requested him to resign. You've requested that he resigns. A pastor of a growing parish, a parish that has a net plus in terms of its Peter Pence. They're paying their Peter's Pence tax, Your Excellency. Isn't that the only metric you bystanders and chief care about? Isn't that when you're rearranging the deck chairs on a sinking Titanic, when you're managing bankruptcy, when you're hiding losses, when you're paying off abuse victims, isn't it pretty awesome that you have a parish that is a net positive to the diocese, and yet you're sacking that priest, but you still require a grandmother of many, a mother of many, like this, 
to, to transport our Lord because you have a priest shortage? That's the nature of this conversation. So I need to refocus the conversation, and I need to reveal one other comment to you. This is a comment. I, I hid the name, but you can. I'm, I'm sure you can find the comment on the last video. This is a commenter who's in the diocese who says, Look, I have been to Eucharistic sessions with this woman where she is administering the Eucharist to people in a parish. Now, I'm sure that she's a nice lady. I know she's a nice lady. You know how I can tell she's a nice lady? Because she has very nice friends. And those friends have reached out to me. And they want me to clear her name. This is not about her. This is not about Mrs. Marshall. But the point is, is that when you have unconsecrated hands handling our Lord, there's a problem. That's a problem. And some of these people who reached out even said, look, Mike, I'm a conservative just like you. And my response in black and white was, if you believe that a lay woman should be handling our Lord with her unconsecrated hands, then you are not a conservative. You are not. You're not a conservative. You might, you might be a Republican. You might be pro-life. But you're not a conservative. Um, let's advance the ball on this conversation just a little bit, though. Why is this such a big deal? Other than the, the absurd side-by-side -side of one of these people is okay to handle our Lord and one of them is not. One of these people can administer <laughs> a sacrament and the other cannot. Like, the absurd side-by-side -side notwithstanding. Besides that, why is this conversation so important? Well, because half the world wants to ordain women. And we wouldn't be in a position where women are demanding to be ordained. And this is something Mr. Producer brought up in our show notes while we were preparing for this. The fact that you have this position, the fact that this position exists, this pastoral minister position, the fact that that is even a thing, it's a gateway drug. This is a gateway drug. So we have to oppose incrementalism. We have to oppose things getting incrementally off track. You know, the technical term of a lay minister of communion is, has the word extraordinary in it. Extraordinary minister of holy communion. But in the ordinary form, there's nothing extraordinary about lay people touching our Lord. There's nothing extraordinary about it at all. In fact, it's the norm. In the ordinary form, it's the ordinary minister. And how did that happen? Because of incrementalism. So we have to be very cognizant about what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen. This is not an attack on Mrs. Marshall. I love Mrs. Marshall. I'm sure if Mrs. Marshall right here were here now, we would cheers each other right now. I'm sure that she is a big fan of Father James Altman because her friends are. I'm sure that she is a big fan of truth because her friends are. It has nothing to do with her. It has everything to do with Bishop Callahan. The same guy who thinks it's okay for lay people to be administering sacraments. Meanwhile, he sacks James Altman. And that's what this is ultimately about. So if you're sending emails to this parish priest here, okay, fine. If you want to ask uh, Father Brian, I'm sure he goes by Father Brian. I, if you want to ask Father Jazdowski why 
what he is doing with his time, why he needs Mrs. Marshall to be driving our Lord all over the parish boundaries, administering our Lord to people, giving our Lord to people, from her hand to their hand, from their hand to his, to, to their mouth, hopefully, we hope, right? If you want to ask him why he needs Mrs. Marshall, you can. I'm not encouraging you to do that. I'm sure some of you have sent emails. I know some of you have sent emails. That's not the point of the video. I hid his email for a reason. I don't want you to email Father Jazdowski or Mrs. Marshall. I want you to I want you to take the fight to Bishop Callahan. I want you to ask him why this is a good thing. But I will note one thing. I will note one thing because so many of you are going to watch this video and you're going to wonder why I'm even talking about this topic. During the planned demic, I shouldn't say that word on YouTube, especially on a monetized video, but I said it. During this chastisement, this planned chastisement that we're all living through, I can point to dozens of priests who started playing video games on an app called Twitch. And if you don't know what Twitch is, you can look it up. You can Google it. There's nothing um, wrong with you looking up what Twitch is. But there are priests in the upper Midwest who are on Twitter, who are tormentors of RTF. These priests even occasionally offer the TLM. They like to have altar girls. They're confused. They don't know what religion they represent. But these priests have their heads on, screwed on backwards. They face the people, but they offer the TLM. These priests play video games on Twitch. They have Twitch meetups. They had plenty, abundance of free time during the, during the chastisement. People were dying in hospitals, being denied the sacraments, and yet these priests were being paid by you, ultimately by you, to sit around and play video games. Now, I don't know, I don't know Father Jezduski. Is that his name? Jezduski. I don't know him at all. I don't know if he has a Twitch account. I don't know if he's a gamer. I don't know what his hobbies are. I don't know what his schedule is. I don't know how much free time he has. But what I do know is that there are Novus Ordo priests in the upper Midwest. There are diocesan priests, ordained men. Men who had bishops lay hands on them. And ordain them. Who take more pride in their Twitch accounts and their Twitter stats and their followers than apparently they take in the salvation of the souls of the flocks to which they have been assigned. So why is this a big deal? If you really have a priest shortage, you wouldn't have priests on Twitch playing video games. If you had a priest shortage which required situation like this where Mrs. Marshall has to come in and bring our Lord to the sick, dead, and dying. If you really had a pre-shortage, then none of them would be on Twitter. None of them would be playing video games. And yet, in the upper Midwest, they're all over the sinking place. And I'm not saying they're in this diocese. I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm not doing the homework for everybody. What everybody needs to do, though, is, is really scratch below the surface here, and ask yourselves, hey, when Mass is being live-streamed, what is Father doing Monday to Friday? 
when when there's a dispensation in place for 18 months, what is Father doing with his time? And why does he need a pastoral assistant? This should be an extraordinary thing. And this is how the camel sneaks his, its nose under the fence. I mean, think back to the think back to the Amazon Synod. What did they say? Well, we've got to get women out there administering sacraments because we just we have no priests in the Amazon. This is a backdoor way to sneak in ordination of women. And when you have when you present an image like this, and look, I didn't make an accusation on the first video. I just said, hey, I can't tell from this picture, from this cropped picture that is presented online, that the parish itself presents in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I can't tell if she's trying to wear a Roman collar or if that's a turtleneck. I know some of you said, okay, it's very obviously a turtleneck. I'm sure it is. I'm just telling you. We're not crazy. We're not crazy for having our guard up. We're not crazy for having the spidey sense. We're not crazy for wanting to oppose incrementalism. We're not the crazy ones. We are not the crazy ones. If you're watching this video and you want to give it a like and a thumbs up and share it, share it with your fellow not crazy people. We're the ones that just want to transmit the Catholic faith as it was passed on for for millennia. That's what we want to do. What they want to do, what guys like Callahan want to do, is they want to silence the Catholic faith. They want to go after Father Father Altman. That's their agenda. Okay? So, we're not crazy. They are. And if we have alarm bells when we see things like this, if it doesn't look right, if it doesn't smell right, it may not be right. In this particular case, there, I'm sure it's, it's not as bad as it looked like when I looked at it. But again, I just want to land the plane here on this particular comment. I want you to cha- to look at this comment. James in the chat, you will be sharing this with people. Thank you very much. I want you to look at this comment and read it again. Because when lay women are holding prayer services and then distributing Holy Communion, don't tell me that there's a pre-shortage in Wisconsin. Don't tell me that there's a pre-shortage in the United States of America. Don't tell me there are so few priests that we can't get communion distributed to people. Because here's the, here's the, here's the ugly truth. This is the ugly truth that a lot of you don't want to talk about. The ugly truth is, is that the priests who wear cassocks are the ones doing all the work. When there was a lockdown, when, there, when, people were, when people were barred from their parishes, when they hammered those parishes' doors closed, when they told you you can kneel in front of your television set and bask in the LED light from your electronic device, when they told you, please send donations via PayPal, but don't come, and you don't need to come, when they dispensed you from the sacraments, the primary means of, of the transmission of grace from Almighty God, partaking in the inner life of God, grace. When that happened, when people were dying in hospitals, it was the men like Father Altman who wear cassocks 
who did all the last rites, who took all the 3 a.m. phone calls. Just a couple months ago, I was down in Florida, and I was meeting with one such priest, a priest whose standing, whose ecclesiastical standing, by the way, some people might question. But do you know where he was during the pandemic? He was in hospitals, anointing the dead, administering the sacraments. He was baptizing babies. He was marrying people. Not a single Novus Ordo priest in that entire diocese would take the call, would show up to the hospital, would bring the oils. Not one. Not one. Again, I don't know, I don't know Father Jesduski. I hope. I hope to God for his sake. That's real charity. I hope for his sake that he was one of the ones anointing the sick in the hospitals. I hope he was not one of the ones playing video games on Twitch.